Hey there, future fans. This week, J. Jonah Jameson has a tragic past, Star-Lord is a bad guy, and we learn why Shazam had to change his name. It's the week of March 8th, 2019, and this is episode 125 of Future Flicks with Billiam. Alright everyone, well welcome to the show, and I'm sorry the episode's late, there's no real excuse. Uh, Anne tried on multiple opportunities to get me to start show notes, to get me to start recording, and I kept on thinking, well yes, but how about we do this instead? And I just kept on pushing it off, and before I knew it, it was Wednesday. And so that's, so the day I usually release it, I am now recording. Hopefully I can record and edit in one night, I really don't think I can. So hopefully you will get this late Thursday, early Friday, and I'm sorry. So you know what, let's get all of the usual banter we do out of the way, and let us start with the housekeeping. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app. You can find me on the Somewhat Nerdy website, that is somewhatnerdy.com. You can also find all of the blogs and news from the rest of us on the Somewhat Nerdy team. You can find us there. You can also find me on the Somewhat Nerdy Facebook page, though that will just link you to the website. You can reach me in a few different ways, Twitter and Instagram, at BilliamSWN. You can hit me up via email at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. You can hit me up by leaving a comment on SoundCloud, on the Facebook page, on the website. And after you listen to this show, you can check out all the other wonderful shows in the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. That is the flagship show, Somewhat Nerdy Radio. And you can also listen to Nerds of the Squared Circle for all that wonderful wrestling news and very smart insights from Chris and Sam Kiss. Also, we have a Patreon. I don't talk about that enough. We do have a Patreon, so you can become a patron and you can help support the shows you love. So I'd really love it if you did that. I also really love it if you rated the show. If you went on iTunes, gave the show a five-star rating, and then share the podcast with your friends. Go, hey friends, I love you. And because I love you, I want to share something else I love, and it is Future Flicks with Billiam before he, yes, he is a genius who talks about movies. Or, you know, whatever way you want to put it. If you don't want to say those exact words, I I will understand, but uh, I can give you the script if you'd like, if it would help. But enough about that. We have a lot of news to talk about. So let us wait not a moment longer and get into the first segment, which, as always, is the news. This just in from Hollywood, the news. This story from Variety, Finn Wolfhard of Stranger Things fame has joined Jason Reitman's new Ghostbusters film. Still no news on the plot details, but some of Variety's sources have said that the plot will revolve around a single mom and her son, played by Wolfhard. This is set for a summer 2020 release. And in another side story that really isn't news, but it's just good. Uh, It's good news. I like it. This from ET Online. Melissa McCarthy says she will be buying a ticket for the Ghostbusters reboot. Unlike her co-star in the Ghostbusters Answer the Call movie from a couple years ago, she does not harbor ill will towards the new movie. And many of you have heard 
this story already. I just want to touch on it a little bit. This comes to us, or it came to me originally from Hypebeast. You know, I don't even know some of these news sources. I just use uh, Flipboard as my news app, and then I, I just save all the stories that have, have anything to do with movies I want to talk about during the week. And sometimes I don't even look at where the story comes from. I bet you Hypebeast is a great site. I bet you they're they're fine, but really, I have never heard of them before. Well, anyway... Uh, you've all have heard about the Rotten Tomatoes changing their scores, uh, or how it works about the Captain Marvel controversy. I touched on this last week and the week before, and uh, now it's official. They've officially changed how it works. So now you cannot comment or vote on a movie, either see or, or interested or not interested. You can't even vote on that until the movie comes out because of so many people trolling the website and just hitting not interested to lower the movie's score. While there were a lot of people, I bet you, who honestly weren't interested, there were also a lot of people out there who were against the movie because they believe that a lot of these movies have some sort of hidden political agenda trying to force their beliefs on us, like somehow having a female-focused superhero movie, that's a bad thing, I guess? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure where they're coming from on this. Like, if the bad guy was some obvious, uh, obvious version of Trump, then maybe I can, yeah, that that I can see people going, oh, well, this is a political attack. I could see that more than just this. This is Captain Marvel's story. There, it doesn't seem like they're trying to sell us any sort of political agenda. Like, we're, we're in a time now where we're trying to get more equality. We're, even in comics, we have Miss Marvel, who's a Middle Eastern, a Middle Eastern girl. And we're also getting more, just more open in comics. And we're now trying to bring that into the movies with, uh, with a female-focused Another one, because we've already had Wonder Woman, but another female-focused movie. And how is that a bad thing? I fail to see it. But anyway, Rotten Tomatoes, still a bullshit website that you should not put any stock into. But if you do care for some weird reason, uh, they have changed how they do things. So there we go. If uh, some of you have heard, Avengers Endgame changed its release date is now April 26th, 2019. And uh, that's it, really. Nothing else to say about that. They changed the release date. So there we go. And the next story, it's it's not really news, so I'll, all I'm going to do is make a joke. So this story comes to us from Cleveland.com. Sure, the city gets its own news website, I guess. But the headline is Marvel Studios' Captain Marvel ushers in the era of the female superhero. Like, really? What, what the f*** about Wonder Woman? Huh? DC did it first, people. I mean... DC is the lesser of the two when it comes to movies, obviously, but come on, don't just ignore that Wonder Woman was a thing. And I didn't even read the article. And here's why. Because if they then hint in the in the article that, yes, we know Wonder Woman's a thing, that's still kind of a dick headline to have. Normally, I'm against commenting on something until you read the article, but that one I felt pretty safe on just because it's a, either... Either they forgot about Wonder Woman and aren't acknowledging it all, or they're talking about it in there and it's just a dick move to get clicks. This next story comes to us from CBR.com. My God, I really have to check these sources. Anyway, it's now reported that Marvel's streaming series will take place in the actual timeline. So if something big happens in the streaming series, the MCU will be affected. So yay, more stuff we have to watch if we want to keep up with what's happening in the universe. Yay! This next story comes to us from Variety. Will Smith exits Suicide Squad sequel. So yes, Suicide Squad is getting a sequel. And I think that's going to happen no matter how poorly Birds of Prey does. But either way, Will Smith will not be returning to his role as Deadshot. And that's... I mean, I, I don't I didn't think he was wonderful in the role, but he wasn't terrible. 
So this this is kind of eh news that I do like Will Smith in a lot of things, but he's he's really hit or miss for me. He either does movies like Independence Day or and Legend of Bagger Vance, or he does movies like After Earth. Or he just looks terrible like he's going to an Aladdin. Uh, either way, this isn't the biggest biggest deal, just because a couple people have taken up the mantle of Deadshot. So they could just switch which Deadshot it is. This next story comes to us from Deadline. Well, if you remember the Rambo series, and who doesn't? It's a big series. Another movie's coming out. It's called Rambo Last Blood, coming out September 20th. In this, the fifth and supposedly final chapter... A daughter of one of John Rambo's friends has been kidnapped and taken to Mexico. Rambo will cross the U.S.-Mexico border. Hopefully there's no wall to stop him. Can you imagine Rambo's going to go to save this girl? He's like, oh, looks like I can't. End of movie. But anyway, he successfully crosses said border. And when he gets there, he finds himself up against a cartel. Because cartels are one of the easy bad guys in this era. Uh, gang members are easy. The cartel is easy. Neo-Nazis are easy. It's just one of those easy groups that almost everyone is going to hate. It's like, you know, Nazis are like the ultimate movie bad guy because no one will give a flying f*** if you kill Nazis. Even though historically, not all of the Nazi soldiers are like, oh yeah, we're, we're all behind this. Some of them were like, well, I just don't want to get killed by my own government. But in the movies, they're all evil. F*** them. Just like when it comes to gangs, cartels, neo-Nazis, things like that. Yeah, f*** them. Let's kill them. Well, Rambo will be doing his share of killing. He is a one-man war on drugs and human trafficking. And uh, once again, we'll be seeing this September 20th. And then we'll wait a few more years and see if it's truly the final Rambo. And next up in the news, this from Hyper Beast, um, or Hype Beast. Oh, Hype Beast again. Okay. Well, this may be something I should have brought up when I was talking about Suicide Squad, but the DC Extended Universe is ending. No, no, no. If you are a fan of the movies, we'll still be getting movies, but they will be standalone films. So the interconnectedness will be ending. I think that is, it's partially a good thing and a mistake. I think it's good because they can focus on just having a, a single good film. And I think they need to start doing that right before they start connecting everything. Because even though Marvel was planning on a huge universe the whole time, they started with Iron Man, they started with Thor, they started with Captain America, and even though they hinted that all the movies existed in the same universe, they, they worked on the originals first. And even though the characters did cross over, we had Black Widow and Hawkeye in in the various other movies, it was still that character's movie. It was still Iron Man's movie, Thor's movie. It was still... A standalone film that featured the story of one character so we got to know them. So I think that's what DC has to work on first. Make better movies, and then once they make better movies, move on. The next story comes to us from IndieWire. Documentary filmmaker Andrew Burens has passed away at the age of 42. He's a famous documentary uh, maker who who worked on documentaries like Medina's Dream and Free Solo. His cause of des death was not released. In this story from CNET... Captain Marvel is the most powerful character in the MCU, Marvel says. No sh**, I say. Uh, so let's move on to the news that you all have probably heard, and if you haven't, then I hate to be the one to tell you, but actor Luke Perry of Beverly Hills and 90210 fame has passed away at the age of 52 following a massive stroke. You know, I know death is part of life, but when it's someone that young, it's still shocking. Uh, life expectancy for for us is is higher than ever, but still we it, we forget. I think that it, it's always a risk. 
And before we move out of the section one story, I skipped over this from Flickering Myth. Sherlock Holmes 3 release date has been pushed back to the year 2021. Uh, does that have something to do with the fact that both of the main actors are now part of the MCU? I mean, Art Robert Downey Jr. has been for a while, and Jude Law was in Captain Marvel. Even though his character is probably not going to be in other movies, like the the press for this movie is going to wrap up this week, probably go a little further in. And so maybe that has something to do with it, but I still don't see how, you know, probably not, actually. N- now that I think about it, probably not. Officially, there is no reason yet that Warner Brothers has moved this film back. Uh, Its new release date is December 22nd, 2021, which apparently puts it at odds with movies like Avatar 3, Hotel Transylvania 4, and Wicked. Wicked, of course, based on the stage play or the musical, a movie that's been rumored to be being turned into a movie for over a decade, I think, that I first heard rumors that they were turning into a film, but now it finally is. We will see if the original cast is going to be in Wicked, but that's not what this story about. This story is about Sherlock Holmes 3 being pushed back, and as of its, its release date in 2021, it will be a full decade since Game of Shadows came out. Either way, I would still love to see more Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law. They're, they're great together. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the news. Let us step into everyone's favorite segment, the trailer trove. Avast, and welcome to the trailer trove. All right, everyone, let's talk about some trailers. We don't have a lot this week, but we have some really good-looking stuff, and we also have Dark Phoenix, so let's start with that one. I'm going to be honest. The, the trailers for Dark Phoenix are getting me excited, but... The X-Men series has has disappointed me for too long. This trailer shows us a lot more. It looks really cool, but so did the others. So did Apocalypse. Apocalypse looked awesome, but that movie was at the very best, very best, entertaining, but lacking. X-Men First Class was good, and then from that point on, the series just... And I think this is the culmination of that free fall. I haven't tried to hide my disliking of Jennifer Lawrence and Sophie Turner. Jennifer Lawrence can be good in a role that doesn't require emotion. And Sophie Turner can be good if the role she's in is in Game of Thrones. I think Sophie Turner has a lot of promise. I think she just needs more experience. But Jennifer Lawrence is beyond that. And so why did I bring that up despite the fact that you all already know this. Well, it's because they're the two biggest people in Dark Phoenix. If you are not familiar with it, Dark Fe- like Phoenix, the Phoenix storyline, is a story of Jean Grey losing her sh**, becoming evil, changing her name to Dark Phoenix, and wreaking havoc because she's one of the most powerful beings in the Marvel Universe. I mean, when it comes to it, I'm not sure if she's really in the top 10, but as far as people we've made movies about and probably will make movies about, she's the she, she's the strongest. I'm pretty sure Dark Phoenix could wreck Captain Marvel's sh**. I'm pretty sure Dark Phoenix would just walk all over the Avengers. So the question is, how do the X-Men, a relatively unimpressive group, do it? Well, that's what the movie's going to be about. And there are a lot of reports going out around this movie. A lot of reports. Some are saying that Disney wants to squash this movie. If you've listened to one of the recent episodes of Someone Under Your Radio, they talked about that. How Disney just wants to sweep this one under the rug and pretend it didn't happen. There's also reports that it is a terrible movie. That people have screened it and think it's the worst one yet. None of the rumors so far are even hinting at this being a good movie. 
But here's the thing. You also know what I say about rumors before movies. We know that there were a lot of rumors that Wonder Woman was going to be garbage. Wonder Woman was, in fact, really good. There were a lot of rumors that the Justice League movie was going to be garbage. And the Justice League movie was mediocre and enjoyable. I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it just wasn't great. But when it comes to X-Men movies, I tend to believe the hype. I t- or the lack of hype. The original X-Men and X-Men 2 were good movies. X-Men 3 jumped the shark. It lost the plot. Then we got X-Men First Class, and that was good. That gave me hope, and then just went down from there. And so I really don't think this is going to be an uptick before the end. Now that Disney is getting X-Men back, I think they're going to sit on it a while. I think they're going to finish their current plans. I think if we do see another X-Men movie, it won't be until at least 2023 to 2025, somewhere around there. I think it's going to be a while. Because Disney is going to want to finish the plans they have now and then let the bad taste get get out of our mouths from this movie. So basically, new trailer, it looks visually cool, but I don't think there's going to be anything other than that. Will I see this? Yeah, I probably will see it. Should you? Only if you're a big comic fan. Uh, we also have a trailer for Hellboy. We had a Red Band trailer. This one shows us a lot of blood and a lot of swearing. And yeah, I'm still sold. I still don't see what all the hate is about. I get it, though. Okay, I... I I get some of the hate. I get the hate that people wish that Guillermo del Toro got his third movie. I completely understand that. What I don't understand is all the other hate saying that the new Hellboy looks terrible. I don't think he does. I think he looks just like a Hellboy. I mean, he's not Ron Perlman. I mean, hell, all the makeup in the world couldn't hide Ron Perlman's face. But just because... David Harbour isn't Ron Perlman, I don't think that's going to be the nail in the coffin. And this cast looks good. We also have Daniel Day Kim, Ian McShane, Penelope Mitchell. Oh, wait, who are you? Okay, she's been in stuff that I just haven't seen, but I think I just got carried away listing names. Uh, Thomas Hayden Church. This looks good. I'm excited. Even though I do wish, I, I would rather have a Hellboy 3 from Guillermo del Toro than this one, but... We're not going to get that one, and we have to get over it. This movie looks good. Did I say Mila Jokovic? Yeah, she's in it too. An interesting fact, if you don't remember, uh, Daniel Day Kim plays Ben Daimyo, and he wasn't the original guy that was going to play him. The original guy was Ed Skrine from Deadpool. And if you remember, there was some outrage that they were quote-unquote whitewashing. And I hate that term because I think it's overused. I really do. Because whitewashing is a thing. It really is a thing. But when too many super sensitive social justice warriors overuse the term, it loses its power. But this was an actual case. Like if if Ed Skrine really was the best guy for the role, then that would have been one thing. But they got Daniel Day Kim, who's awesome. A part of me is upset that we have a Korean playing a Japanese. You know, it's just like Hollywood to go, oh, they have slanty eyes. They can all play each other. But I'm at least happy we got an Asian doing it. And yes, when the time comes for Hellboy to be released and me to talk about it on the show, I'm going to talk about it again because that is it's something that upsets me that we have all of these movements now to bring awareness to things. But why is the, the Asian community gets so left out of this? Like, people are upset that Will Smith was cast to play the Williams sister's father because he's not dark enough. You know what? Are you f***ing kidding me? At least he's black. Jesus Christ. People are bitching about that level of accuracy when we still have, still dealing with like this. I mean, it's stupid. Anyway, Hellboy looks good.
It does. Okay, but that's enough. Uh, this new trailer is Red Band, so if you have kids, don't let them watch it. But th- this movie looks good. It really does. Uh, next up, we have a film called Stockholm. This is a comedy crime drama that's apparently based on the... Okay, well, it's based on a real case. Uh, the, a 1973 hostage crisis in stock in a bank in Stockholm. And this is apparently where we get the term Stockholm syndrome from. So we have Amer- an American and a couple other people who rob a bank and the and they get really close to the women in the bank. And it seems like they start to form relationships during this hostage crisis. Uh, this movie starts Ethan Hawke, Numi Rapace, Mark Strong. And actually, that's it for the big names. But still, that's pretty good. And this looks this looks entertaining. It does. This looks like an interesting period piece that is going to tell us a story of something you may never have heard about. And it's going to do so with with a tongue in cheek. Ethan Hawke's really good. And I'm glad he's making a resurgence. Mark Strong, always good. Numi Rapace, she's great. This film, this this has all signs pointing to it being good. And this will come out April 12th. We have two more trailers to discuss. The next one is Detective Pikachu, or technically Pokemon Detective Pikachu is, I guess, the full title. And I don't think we really need that. I don't think we need the Pokemon name in the title because where the f*** else is Pikachu from? Like, they can't call Detective Pikachu and have it be about a furry little yellow rat who, who can shoot lightning and people going, oh, but which Pikachu is it? They never said Pokemon. But that's me just nitpicking. This movie still looks amazing. But I'm saying that as someone that 100% loves Pokemon. I still play the games. I cannot wait for Pokemon Sword and Shield coming out later this year or late this year on the Switch. I'm already planning. Already trying to pick my first, the first starter for my first playthrough. And I think that's where my love of this movie comes from. Is the fact that it looks great. The Pokemon are obviously animated but it's done in such a way where it looks really good it does look hyper realistic but not so realistic that the fact that's and that it's cg'd would pull you out of the film this looks really good i love the way every pokemon looks it looks funny too so even if you're not a fan of pokemon this could be fun for you because it looks funny and it looks like it's an interesting idea that has a release date of may 10th and it stars well uh, features a voice of ryan reynolds as pikachu and Justice Smith, who you may know from Paper Towns, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, or a TV show called The Get Down. But now, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about that final trailer, the one that has me so, so excited. So if you don't remember this one, I talked about this when the first trailer came out. This is from producer James Gunn, written by Brian and Mark Gunn. I'm not sure if it's any relation to James, and directed by a relative newcomer, David Yarovetsky, who's mainly done like music videos and short films. But this basically asks, what if Superman was evil? Because the origin story is a lot like Superman. We have a family that living in a farm in the middle of nowhere that doesn't have a kid. One day an alien ship crashes. They adopt the kid. But instead of becoming Superman, this kid, when he's, I don't know, maybe middle school age, starts to go dark side. And this turns into a horror movie. This stars Elizabeth Banks and David Denman. And check out the trailer. Do yourself a favor and check out the trailer. It looks really, really good. This film comes out May 24th, and I will see it then. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the first half of the show. Well, well, not half technically lengthwise, but, you know, segment-wise half. So let us take our first break, and let's hear a word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Stay tuned. <laughs> 
Are you troubled by a lack of common interest in your social sphere? Do you experience feelings of nostalgic sentiment in your day-to-day -day life? Do your family or coworkers not understand your quotes, quips, or references? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Pick up the phone and download the nerdiest professionals in the galaxy. Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Our nerdy and informative hosts are available 24 hours a day on your favorite podcast app to fill all your super nerdy needs. Good, Good journey, nerds. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio, Future Flicks with Billiam, and Nerds of the Squared Circle on iTunes, SoundCloud, your favorite podcast app, or stream us at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. And welcome back. We have limited releases this week, and it's a week where we have more wide releases than limited releases. Uh, so I'm just going to do the limited releases and then start the wide releases in Interesting Indies and then do a break. So no, I'm not going to miss the break, just in case you wonder. So we have three movies in the limited section. Let's start with the first one called Black Mother. From red light districts to lush rainforests, Black Mother is a loving and lyrical ode to Jamaica and its people. A visual poem that is at once deeply felt love letter and ecstatic street corner prayer. All right, this is a documentary and, and the idea behind it is cool. Just a, a documentary about Jamaica and not the Jamaica you see in advertisements like, come visit Jamaica. No, not, not that one. The, the real Jamaica. Kind of like real Mexico isn't tourist Mexico, but it just doesn't look good. And the and just the synopsis they put together makes whoever wrote it sound like a gigantic douchebag. What the f*** does that even mean? A visual poem that is at once deeply felt love letter and ecstatic street corner prayer. What kind of artsy tryhard bullshit is that? I would love to watch a documentary about Jamaica, but not this. We also have Apollo 11, a movie that I already talked about. This is another documentary about the Apollo 11 mission, but now it's getting a wider release than it initially did, so that's why I'm mentioning it again. And finally, in the limited section, we have An Elephant Sitting Still. This is about four people in a Chinese city that live through a complicated day as their lives intersect. And once again, it could have been cool, but the trailer just left me feeling meh. It just looks like it's not well done at all. And I really hope this is a case of a bad trailer so I could watch a cool looking Chinese movie. Well, that's it for the limited releases. Let's jump into the wide releases and interesting indies. You know, we'll get two movies out of the way or maybe just one. We'll see one or two movies out of the way before we take our next break. So the first movie in the wide releases and interesting indie section is called Badla. A lawyer investigates further into the suspicious circumstances surrounding the death of a young man and the young woman whom he was having an affair with who was charged with his murder. This is an Indian movie and it looks really cool. I know I've I've used this line already before in like at least a week ago or a couple weeks ago, but this looks like the perfect film to watch if you want to watch something from from India, some a Bollywood or Hindi cinema movie that isn't your typical rom-com. This looks really interesting. It's about this dude who is a, you know, fancy pants investigative lawyer or something like that. And he's looking into this case because he doesn't think it feels right. And so it's about what he learns about this woman who's having an affair with this dude. And one day he winds up murdered. And I'm not sure if she wakes up and he's dead in another room or if she comes to visit him and he's dead. But she does that classic thing where she runs up and grabs, like touches him and gets her hands all over the blood, all over the body, picks up the murder weapon. What's this? I mean, that part seems cliche and ignorable, but the rest of the movie looks pretty good. I think that this would be a very good movie to start with if you want to get into Indian cinema, but want to shy away from your classic Bollywood fare. Badla gets a 7 out of 11. 
And one more movie before the break, we have Gloria Bell. A woman in her 50s seeks out love at an L.A. dance club and just happens to find the guy she falls for. But after a fight, she must ask herself if he's what she wants. If she walks away, will she be walking away at her last chance for love? This stars Julianne Moore from Still Alice, Sean Astin from The Goonies, Michael Sarah from Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, Alana Urbach from Waiting, Janine Triplehorn from Criminal Minds, Holland Taylor from Two and a Half Men, John Turturro from Quiz Show, Rita Wilson from Jingle All the Way, Brad Garrett from Everybody Loves Raymond, and Cassie Thompson from Big Love. So to me, it looks like this movie has two plots, two two smaller stories working in conjunction. We have the story about Gloria Bell and this man she meets, played by John Turturro, and their relationship and the fact that they they really hit it off. They think they found that one person just for them after their uh, his wife died, I think. And I'm not sure what the deal with her husband is or if she was ever married. I don't know what that is. But they then have a big fight and they break up and... He's trying to get her back. And then that's one part of the story. The other part of the story is this very woman forward story of this woman trying to find herself. Like, who is she in her old age? And what does it mean to be a woman over the hill? Assuming that the hill is still 50. Because the the trailer tried to sell this movie two ways. Like that first story with the love story between her and John Turturro. And this other story about this very empowering movie for women that's very focuses on the fact that women don't need men. At least that's what I get from the trailer. And this is why it's so important for trailers to get it right. And also to realize two things that I bring up a lot. Those things are, one, we only have the trailer to base our thoughts on if we want to see a movie or not. And then two, our thoughts on the trailer and what we would actually think of the movie could be completely different. But still, we can't always hope that even if a trailer doesn't look good or if there's something about the trailer we don't like, we can't always hope that the movie's going to be better. I don't think Gloria Bell is going to be bad. I really don't. I'm just confused on what it's trying to sell itself as. I mean, it can be both. It could be this very woman forward. Let's learn what it means to be a woman in your 50s in this day and age. And I, I like that. I like that story because I think we're in a new era now. In this post-Me Too world, I think it's important to have these movies come out again where it's like, what's it like to be a, you know, a young woman? What's it like to be an older woman? But just because we have that as a main plot doesn't mean we can't also have a love story. And I think it'd be important to show that you that it's not one or the other, that you can be a self-empowered woman and still be in love and still have a man being part of your life. Because too many times, I think, media shows us it has to be one or the other. You either don't need no man, or you do need the man. And why can't it be that you are empowered, you are your own woman, but love's great? Either way, this looks like a better movie to save to watch at home. Unless something about the trailer really resonated with you. Unless something I said really struck a chord with you. In, in that case, go see the movie. It doesn't look bad. It really doesn't. Julianne Moore is a fantastic actress. And this film also has a really good supporting cast. My only issue is that the trailer seemed like it was trying to sell two separate movies and didn't do a good enough job showing us that these don't have to be two separate issues that it could be merged into one. Gloria Bell gets a 7 out of 11. 
All right, folks, so that is it for this part. Let's take a short break, and then we'll come back into the wide releases and interesting indies and finish that up. So let's pause and hear a word from our friends at Nerds of the Squared Circle. Please stay tuned. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me... Snarf Chris and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! yeah. Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast. Someone to read a comms, Nerds of the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. And welcome back to the show, everyone. We have three movies left. That is three movies. The next film we have to talk about is called I'm Not Here. A man struggles with the tragic memories of his past to make sense of his present, but soon realizes that time isn't the enemy he thinks it is. This stars J.K. Simmons from Whiplash, Sebastian Stan from Avengers Infinity War, Mandy Moore from This Is Us, Micah Monroe from It Follows, Max Greenfield from New Girl, Ian Artemidge from Young Sheldon, and Harold Perrineau from Romeo and Juliet. The uh, 90s one with Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes, that one. So I'm not quite sure how I feel about this film. Uh, I really like the cast a lot. I like the idea. I'm just not sure if it's a movie that I want to see because it looks like it could be equal parts devastating and uplifting. Like, it, it could be one of those movies that show this terrible past that this guy has and then show us that, no, he does have hope, even though he's old now. There's hope that the rest of his life isn't going to be shitty because we have Sebastian Stan playing a younger him and then we have that kid from Young Sheldon playing an even younger him. At least that's what I think. The, the messing with time part of the trailer wasn't exactly clear, so I'm not sure if they are various him in various times in his life or if the kid from young Sheldon is supposed to be his kid at one point, but I'm pretty sure that it's three stages of his life that were very important. And what I think it's going to be about is show that how his shitty upbringing, how bad stuff that happened to him when he was a kid affected him when he was Sebastian Stan's age show. So maybe he's not the best person and he makes some mistakes that now he's still feeling when he's J.K. Simmons' age. So what we have here, it looks like a character study of this character that we're going to be introduced to, see their whole life, and then learn what they do now. The fact that the synopsis IMDb gave ended with, but soon realizes that time isn't the enemy he thinks it is, that makes me think that this is going to be slightly uplifting, but I think it's going to be nothing but tragedy until we get to that point. And you know what I normally say about films like this, that it's not necessary to see a film like this in the theater because there's nothing that really needs the big theater screen and the big surround sound system. But honestly, this film doesn't look like a bad one if you don't want to watch the big two movies this week. And let's be honest, there's only one big movie this week. The other film that I'm going to talk about next is just one that I think looks good. Uh, but from a blockbuster big movie standpoint, there is only one film. And if that's not up your alley, this is looks like a very good movie to watch. J.K. Simmons is in his renaissance, and it's about f***ing time. I'm Not Here gets an 8 out of 11. All right, two movies left, folks. Let's jump into the next one, which is called The Kid. This is the story of a young boy who witnesses Billy the Kid's encounter with Sheriff Pat Garrett. This stars Chris Pratt from Guardians of the Galaxy, Ethan Hawke from Training Day, Dane DeHaan from Chronicle, Vincent D'Onofrio from Daredevil, and Adam Baldwin from Firefly. And this movie looks bad 
ass. I love me some Westerns. And I talked about this movie when it was in the trailer trove. It looks like it's going to be a really good Western film. The people are in it. They have done Westerns before, except for Dane DeHaan. And I'm not sure if Alan Baldwin's been in one, but Chris Pratt, Ethan Hawke, and Vincent D'Onofrio have been in Westerns, and they are good in Westerns. And really, Westerns aren't a genre that we get a lot of. So not only are we getting a film from a genre we don't see a lot, but it's with people who have done it before and can and can do it well. And it's directed by one of them, Vincent D'Onofrio. So I think that this has all signs pointing to it being a really good movie. We have Ethan Hawke playing Pat Garrett. We have Dane DeHaan playing Billy the Kid. And we have Chris Pratt playing a bad guy. Playing this guy, guy who I assume from the trailer is like abusing the mother of the kid who witnesses the encounter. And so the kid runs away. Like he hurts him to defend his mom or something and then runs away. And Chris Pratt goes looking for him. So we have Ethan Hawke looking for Dane DeHaan. But then we have Chris Pratt who gets caught in the middle of it because he's looking for this kid. This looks really promising. It looks like it it looks like a true western. Whenever a western does come out, I always talk about Open Range and how it's one of my favorite movies. This gives me that kind of feeling. Even though I didn't think they needed to do one, I thought the Magnificent 7 remake was really good. I think they picked a great cast and they did it quite well. Now we have this movie coming out with some of that same cast based on a true story of like Billy the Kid's real end. And I'm all set. I am all ready to watch this. The only real question is, will they keep Billy the Kid's death the same as in real life? Like he was basically am- not ambushed, but uh, Pat Garrett stumbled upon him in a hotel room and could shoot and shot him before Billy the Kid could get to his gun. So, so there wasn't some Hollywood standoff. So are they going to either have it so they have a Pat Garrett, Billy the Kid standoff? you know, okay corral moment in the middle of the street? Or are they going to have some duel involving Chris Pratt so we get our appetites wet for that old-fashioned Western duel? And then we have Ethan Hawke stumble upon Dane DeHaan. Either way, I'm okay with it. If they embellish the death and the demise of Billy the Kid, I'm okay with that. Because I'm not going to watch a movie like this for historical accuracy. I'm going to watch it because I want to watch a great-looking Western. And this looks really good. And as I'm recording this, I was was hoping to get this episode out late Thursday. But I'm thinking it's going to be early Friday just because I'm starting to lose my voice right now. So I'm probably going to have to stop before I get into Captain Marvel. So just uh, an apology for that. But let's finish up with The Kid. The Kid looks really good. I cannot wait. And The Kid gets a 9 out of 11. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is actually now 9.42 California time on the 7th, so I really don't think I'm going to get this out by Friday morning, but I will definitely try. I had to go to bed after I finished talking about the kid. I was just too tired, and for some reason, as a backup bookkeeper, they make me get to work at 7.30 in the morning. I don't get it. Banks are open longer than that, and the people who come and pick up the deposits don't really get there until the afternoon. So why do I have to be there so early? It's not really right, is it? Well, either way, we have one more movie to talk about, and that movie is the pick of the week, which is... See, double pauses, Captain Marvel. Carol Danvers becomes one of the universe's most powerful heroes when Earth is caught in the middle of a galactic war between two alien races. This stars Brie Larson from The Room, or just Room, 
Gemma Chan from Crazy Rich Asians, Ben Mendelsohn from Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, Samuel L. Jackson from School Days, Lee Pace from Guardians of the Galaxy, Jude Law from Sherlock Holmes, McKenna Grace from The Haunting of Hill House, Annette Benning from American Beauty, Jimin Honsu from Guardians of the Galaxy, and Clark Gregg from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, this is it. It's finally out. This is a movie that's been making so many headlines uh, for a lot of different reasons. We've already talked about one of the reasons on the show, which is the lots of hate the movie was getting. And I don't want to discuss it anymore. You already know my feelings on it. I already told you about the story. And a lot of the other headlines it was making was how it related to Avengers Endgame and also just more speculations. And I hate how many, and I only started noticing this once I switched. Uh, I mentioned that I now use Flipboard for my news and I still use, um, I still use IMDb some for the news, but I find that Flipboard has a much better grouping of stories because on IMDb, they'll repeat the same story a lot just because maybe like five, six, seven different news outlets will release the same story. So it just repeats a lot. And I found that annoying, but because I get so many stories from so many different outlets now, I notice that how much clickbaity bullshit is out there. And there's a lot of stuff that says uh, that's literally based on some theory, some ass on Reddit had. So some person on Reddit thinks that they know what's going to happen in some movie because of a wink Tony Stark gave in Avengers Infinity War. Like, oh, well, that means this. And, and so they write a whole f***ing article about it. And leading up to Captain Marvel, we had a lot of news on the all the hate for it. We had a lot of speculation of what was going to happen. A lot of people breaking down trailers. And that's fine. I, I like that. That's a good story. Let's let's do more of that. And then we also had a lot of comparing it to Endgame. Or not comparing it, but kind of what it would mean for Endgame. And then we had the clickbaity bullshit. Well, now the movie is coming out. So at least that's one more movie that's not going to be giving us clickbaity bullshit stories. We're still going to get that for Avengers Endgame. You're going to hear me complain about it a bit more until Avengers Endgame actually comes out. Uh, but let's talk about Captain Marvel. We, we can really compare this to Wonder Woman in a lot of ways. This is the first standalone movie in the MCU with a female lead. Just like Wonder Woman was the first standalone movie in the DCEU, the now defunct DCEU with a female lead. This is a popular and badass character, just like Wonder Woman was a popular and badass character. The movie got a lot of hate before it came out, just like Wonder Woman. It takes place in the past, just like Wonder Woman. But something that is worth bringing up is there's a lot of CG in this. And I know that sounds like an obvious thing to say for a Marvel movie, but let's take a look at the fact that we have Samuel L. Jackson and Clark Gregg that were made to look younger than they really were. So let's ignore all the space battles. Let's ignore all the fancy space, uh, space stations, other planets, all that CG. Let's just focus on the fact that two of the main characters in this movie are going to be heavily CG'd, not because they are some sort of crazy, alien, goofy-looking character, but because they have to look younger, and the act actors are now older. Lucky for Captain Marvel, very lucky for Captain Marvel, they have industrial light and magic behind them, so they have the best company for said CG. If this was DC, I would really have been scared for the movie, 
just because uh, DC does a lot of stuff good. They do good action movies. They make it entertaining. We know they lack on story. We know it. We know they lack in a lot of ways. And CG is one of those ways where Justice League didn't look terrible, but there were certain times where it did look really bad. And same with all the other DC movies. And that's why, especially with Marvel movies, I'm so hard on them when they have bad CG. That's why it is very very easy and a very actually important thing to pick on when they do it wrong because they should be at the forefront of this they should be doing it the best they have the best people in the industry disney holds all the cards when it comes to amazing cg they have they have the marvel cinematic universe team they have industrial light and magic they have pixar and i know pixar is a separate you know kind of separate but under the disney umbrella but they have all these resources they could tap so when something doesn't look great it's like really really why 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 the good news is is that everything i saw in the trailers for captain marvel it looks like this is going to look pretty so now let's move on to the important thing, the story. Uh, the story seems, well, well, we, we kind of know if from the synopsis we got from IMDb and from all the trailers, we kind of know that we have this woman, Carol Danvers, who was trained by the Kree, had her memories fucked with, and now somehow she's back on Earth with Nick Fury and with Agent Coulson, and she has to stop an invasion of Earth. There are quite a few questions like how did she get to this position and how did they find her and all the stuff that the movie is going to answer. But now the question is, is this an interesting story? I have no doubt that this is going to be an entertaining movie. Even the worst Marvel movies are still good. At the very least, at the, at the absolute very least, they are entertaining and rewatchable. So I have no doubt this movie is going to be one of those. But the question is, where does it fall or where will it fall in the list of movies? I have to admit, I am not very um, familiar with Captain Marvel's story. I actually know more about the current Miss Marvel than I do about any Captain Marvel. I know more about Shazam, who was originally called Captain Marvel until they changed his name to Shazam. And so the question is for you, how much do you know about Captain Marvel and will that affect or do you think that's going to affect your enjoyment of the movie if you're going to see it at all? Do you like it when you go into a movie and know very little about it? Uh, and let's specify going to a comic book movie knowing very little about it. Or are you excited when you know more because you can sit there and pick at little things going, oh, that's a reference to this. Oh, that's a little nod to this. Oh, my God, they did this right. Oh, my God, they did this wrong. Does that bring you more enjoyment? It's kind of obvious that this was going to be the pick of the week. I mean, it's the Marvel movie. And even though the kid looks good, even though I'm not here looks good, even though Gloria Bell and Badla look good, this is the movie to see. This is a movie that will benefit the most from the big screen, from surround sound, from the dark theater, from the popcorn, from the snacks. It will benefit from that whole experience. If you can see it in IMAX or on a huge screen or, or with some sort of special like DX visual funness, that makes it even better. This is the pick of the week. Every time a Marvel movie comes out, every almost every time a DC movie comes out, anytime a Star Wars movie comes out, movies like this are going to be the pick of the week a lot for me just because of the experience. 
And that's why when one of these movies isn't my pick of the week, I kind of make a big deal out of it because I'm like, look, there's this movie that's not the big one that I think you should see. And it's so good that my nerdy ass still wants to see this other one. But let's face it, folks, I could have just told you that, hey, Captain Marvel's coming out. Here's what's about who's in it. Here's my score, because you've probably already made up your mind. This isn't one of the movies that maybe I could say something that might pique your interest. This is one of those movies that you have already decided on. Either you're a big Marvel fan and you want to see all Marvel movies. You're a person that hates comic book movies and you're not going to watch this or you're somewhere in the middle. Either way, by the time a Marvel movie comes out, you know where you stand because we are so inundated with information about it with trailers with press releases with interviews with clickbait articles we're so inundated with everything when these movies come out that you can't help but know i'm going to see this you know this will you see this because here's my score captain marvel gets a nine out of eleven all right, ladies and gentlemen, let's take our final break as we hear a word from our friends at the Watch Your Mouth podcast, and then we will jump into the question of the week and send you along your way, and then I will get right to editing and maybe release early Friday. Hopefully. Yay me. Stay tuned. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever interneting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall filthy f***ing language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, Yeah, the f*** did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of f***s and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that a jelly bean. So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth Podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at WIMPodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. We are back, and we have a question of the week to talk about. So to remind you what the question of the week was, uh, this one was a little harder, and I could tell it was a little harder because we only got one answer outside of the family for it. And that question was... Which trope, movie trope, are you sick of or do you wish they would do away with? So let's start with the answer we got from outside of this house. And that comes from Brian Q. Brian Q, who says, not really a movie or character trope, but I would like to eliminate the guy who thinks playing play that funky music white boy is a good idea. No one sits in their house and listens to that crappy song. The only time it ever gets played is in an outdoor activity and it's always too loud. Uh, I had replied to him saying that whenever I think of that song, I do think of a movie and I think of the movie Evolution. If you remember, that was a sci-fi comedy from early 2000s sometime with David Duchovny, Orlando Jones, Julianne Moore, and, um, uh, okay, I have to look this up. Sean William Scott, Ted Levine, Ty Burrell, I didn't know Ty Burrell was in it, Dan Aykroyd was in it, but basically the movie about two college professors that have to fight against alien organisms that are rapidly evolving since their arrival on Earth. Why was this a great movie? Because it was directed by Ivan Reitman, that's why. And also had Michael Bauer in it, who was from, we all know, Salute Your Shorts. Okay, okay, quick sidetrack here. I didn't know Salute Your Shorts was only on two years, only had 26 episodes. And then I was looking at other shows that I remembered from my childhood, and they weren't on that long either. 
Hey Dude was only on for three years. Secret World of Alex Mack was four. Clarissa Explains It All was three. Guts was, let's see, three years. Legends of the Hidden Temple was two. I remember those shows being on for a long time. Or was I just way too young and didn't realize that a lot of them may have been reruns? Thank you, Brian Q, for that, even though I went off topic. Thank you for the answer. And we turn to Anne next. Anne, who says... Well, actually, she has two. The first is the fact that sometimes in movies, a character will have the chance to cheat and either does or doesn't. But romance isn't a big part of the plot in in these movies. I mean, if it is, then maybe that's one thing. If cheating or not cheating is part of the plot, that that's that's one thing. But if it's just some random movie and this this main character suddenly has this hot chick coming up to him and he's like, oh, I have to stay true to my wife. Like, why do, you, why do you throw that in there? So so that one I get. And the other one is the just gratuitous half to full nudity in movies that that doesn't really add anything to it. And that's something I've talked about before on the show that bothers me, is nudity and sex in films where it doesn't have to be there. And in my opinion, it rarely actually has to be there. And like I said before, I know teenage me would hate me for saying this, but it rarely adds anything to the movie. I mean, how many times has there been a movie that had nudity in it or a sex scene? You're walking away going, I'm glad they had that scene in there. It really added depth to it. So that I understand. Thank you, Anne, for those answers. And for me, I actually had a fun time going down the TV tropes uh, rabbit hole. And one of them that I didn't realize bothers me that much until I saw it and I was reminded of it was the grocery bag thing. You know, whenever a character in a movie comes home with a grocery bag, there's always like carrot greens sticking up a loaf of bread. It's always the same grocery bag who who in their right mind packs a grocery bag like that what store are you going to where the ass cursey clerk is doing like that maybe stick the bread straight up okay maybe fine it still risks getting crushed from everything on the side that's not that's not good packing i don't care if the main character in this movie is getting their their daily fruits and vegetables i don't need to see what's in the bag uh, something else that kind of bothers me is uh, something that frequents in horror movies is when shit just stops working, like cars and flashlights. I understand it if it's part of the story, like if the ghost is sucking energy from it or if the bad guy uh, f***ed with the car so so it won't start. That is fine. But if you're in some horror movie and you're running to a car and it's like some not terribly old car. Hell, let's even go 2005. Let's go late 90s. Okay, maybe not late 90s, but early 2000s car and you jump into it and it doesn't start. Like, really? And I bet you it would have started if the killer wasn't right behind you. Uh, but the one I, I hate the most is the trope of the chosen one. And not just that. I don't mind the chosen one because if, if you think about it, Luke Skywalker was kind of the chosen one. Or mo more accurately, Anakin was the chosen one. But I hate it when... That's what saves the day when we have this, the, the bad guys are winning. The good guys are, are almost, almost going to lose. And then the chosen one awakens and saves the day. It's like, Oh, go f yourself. That is lazy writing. And just made a comment that it brings up a good point. At least Joss Whedon had Simon shot in serenity. See, that one was fine. Cause river was triggered <laughs> trigger warning. Your brother's going to get shot. I don't think that would have helped her. But it's just lazy. And if God help me, if I ever write something like that, when I finally finish a book, if I ever write something like that, come to my house and punch me in the face because I obviously deserve it. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, it is time for the next question of the week. And I, I couldn't think of an interesting question revolving around Captain Marvel, but 
I did think of one that the kid made me think of. And so here we go. I'm pretty sure I've done a question like this before. So humor me. If it, maybe, you're, maybe your answer has changed. Um, maybe you want to give the same answer you did if you answered it before. Maybe you missed it the first time. So now is the right time to answer. Or maybe I'm going crazy and I've never asked it before. But which genre do you wish would get more popular? Because I love Westerns, but we don't see them come out a lot. And with this answer, you can get as broad or specific as you want. You Hell, you can make up a genre just because it's a type of movie you want to see more of. Just tell me what would you like to see more of in the theaters. And with that, my future friends, let us go into the closing housekeeping. I can send you along your way to listen to the other great shows in the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. So you can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Google Play and any podcast app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That's somewhatnerdy.com. I'd really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. Please give me five stars. Pretty please. And then you know what? Check us out on Patreon. Consider becoming a patron. That would be great. And then how do you reach me? That is a great question. You can leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or the Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter at BilliamSWN, same handle for Instagram. Email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. And be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle podcast, also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Don't forget to check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast, great friends of the show. And don't forget to check out the Somewhat Nerdy site for all of our latest blogs and news. And finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future fans, Please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.